Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Born on the Cape Flats, Chantelle Potheter was the first in her family to achieve higher education. She completed a degree in youth development with extensive work as a youth and community development practitioner in South Africa. She is also a founding member of KC Community Radio in Parle, South Africa. She combined her love for travel, volunteering, working communities, and operational skills learned working in a travel company to start Temba Travel. Temba Travel is based in the UK and offers South African journeys that inspire hope. Temba Travel specializes in educational expeditions, volunteering, and leisure holidays. Chantel is a speaker and author of Travel to Transform, as well as an advocate for sustainable tourism. She is passionate about restoring dignity and advocates for women's empowerment in the tourism industry. Chantel is a gifted storyteller, and I was easily transported along her journeys as she shared them during this conversation. We talk about the importance of radio, storytelling, and community to her as a child, and how that continues to shape the experiences she offers. She also shares how she wants to tell the story of South Africa by amplifying the voices of local communities and bringing travelers to connect with people and places beyond the most well-known destinations. She discusses the importance of bringing communities into the travel design process and helping them to determine what they are proud to showcase, letting them take full ownership of their community and their story. I hope you'll sit back and enjoy the beauty of my soulful conversation with Chantelle Potheater. Welcome to Soul of Travel podcast. Today, I am very happy to be joined by Chantelle Potheater, and she is the director of Emba Travel. And um, we met through just the beautiful magic of the universe. We somehow found each other on LinkedIn and started following each other. Um, I don't even remember now who reached out to who, but we had a beautiful conversation and I knew right away that I wanted to be able to bring your journey to Soul of Travel. So Chantel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. 
Thank you, Christine. Such a pleasure being here. And yeah, just so looking forward to yeah, chatting with you and sharing a little bit about myself and what we do. Yeah, thank you. Well, to to begin our conversation, um, part of how we connected is um, both of our beliefs in the power of travel to transform. And I know that your company is focused on offering travel experiences that are founded on education and community and talk about health and wildlife and really bringing all of those components into the traveler's experiences. So I can't wait to talk to you more about that. But before we start, I would love to uh, kind of paint a picture. When we first talked, we were talking about the power of storytelling. And one of the things that you had said to me was how powerful podcasting is because you can just sit and listen and there's no image that gets in the way of of what is happening like your mind gets to create the story and the narrative and nothing is put in front of you you just kind of it becomes your own story and part of that was related to your experience growing up in South Africa and listening to the radio and how that started to connect you to the world. So I would love for you, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about what that experience was and how that allowed you to begin to connect to people and stories around you. Yes. Um, As a child, I remember very fondly sitting, you know, um, with my parents and listening to the radio. We didn't have television in that time. And just the voices that came out of a radio just fascinated me. A lot of plays were even performed, but on radio, which gave me being a dreamer, just, you know, I could just go into my imagination world. And even though you couldn't see any figures or you couldn't see a picture, you were able to just paint that picture for yourself. And I I would think that I'm blessed with a lot of creativity and, as I said, a lot of vivid imagination as well. So it really transported me into a world, I suppose, that I, I could imagine, I could dream, and I could very importantly see myself in it. And I think that's the power of radio and, you know, how stories were told like that, because all of a sudden you are a character in a story, (laughs) whether they've written you in it or not, you know, the storytellers on the radio, radio presenters, but you were part of that story and you imagined yourself being in there. I mean, I vividly remember even footsteps, you know, or when a door closed, these were all sounds and it just evoked so much of your your senses you would listen you could um, almost taste and imagine things Um, and that that kind of um, sensation it brings you so close to to yourself and I think there's so much power in that and so many different stories have been told and even music being played, you know, if you've loved music, if you love music, it's, it's just you can just imagine yourself doing all kinds of dance moves. <laughs> 
Um, and you're so fully in that moment. And I suppose I absolutely love that, to be fully immersed in a moment. I feel you feel free. You feel it's it's you. You are the character. And you, there's so much enjoyment that comes out of it. And I think I mentioned to you how powerful podcast, I think, is now, this new electronic kind of uh, digitalized way of listening to stories. Even when I listen to some of the stories on podcasts, I still am able to imagine myself in a story. I'm still, I can relate sometimes, you know, with speakers and the stories they tell. And other times I'm learning. I've, it's like I've never heard this before. And you get that a lot with different podcasts around the world now. It's like, it's, it's right there. You can learn about something. Someone is sharing it and you can listen to that experience. And yes, I think it's, it's quite powerful. So many years after <laughs> listening to radio, um, we had the privilege of starting a community radio station in a beautiful town in Paul in the Cape Winelands. And we knew that it was a powerful tool that we could actually pick up stories from the community in the area. And, yeah, it has just been so powerful. And it's just been able to bring people's stories to the forefront. So storytelling and listening to radio and podcasts, I must say, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. I just... For me, it really allowed me to just step into a moment of this expansive space. And like my my brain loves that space as well of imagination and creativity, but also then reminded me in my childhood, like we had a lot of records that I would listen to, but they were records of books. And so very similarly, like I could, I didn't realize I was doing it till you were talking, but like I kind of inserted myself into those stories or it's so easy to imagine yourself kind of like sitting there, even if you're watching it, somehow you're a part of it. Whereas if you have a movie or a television show, it's happening and you're just watching it. But if you can't see it, somehow you do put yourself into that space. You invite yourself into that story. And I think something imagine really magical about what that allows for it's interesting what you say when you watch a movie you you're watching it you looking on but when you you know listen to radio or podcast you you are the character in there and you imagine yourself in it so you are not a spectator then you actually participate in it and we all love to be included in a story, right? We like that feeling of you're part of this cast. And I think that is why it's so powerful for radio um, and podcasting because you can step into that place and just imagine yourself there. And the other thing about it also, it has no limits. It's like it's not in a block or in a square. Um your mind can really go as far and as wide. Um, and that's, that's what I love about stories and, and radio and just listening overall, because I think it, it requires um, you to, to be quiet 
and to listen more intensely. Um, and that I think we need a lot more of that in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And to give yourself the gift of sitting and listening and not doing something else, because I do find that because, you know, podcasts are so mobile that you can be doing something else and listening, but to maybe remember that, that the real gift in it is sitting and being so present and hearing people's words and letting your imagination do its work so that you can really have that deeper connection. Because if you're doing two things, you're maybe missing out on that layer of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, True. I, I just really wanted to start there because I feel like storytelling and creating space for that beautiful connection is such a foundation in the work that you're doing now. So I appreciate you helping to, to create that space for our conversation to, to build from. Um, I would love to kind of begin to understand then how travel became a part of your life or how you knew that this would be the place that you could create such a positive impact in and, and begin to focus on supporting communities? Again, you know, as a child, um, my parents um, took us every year to the very same place. We visited my auntie. She was a couple of hours away. That was our holiday. But all along the way, and as I said, it's the same location every year. All along the way, we would stop along the road, um, take a break, of course, stretch some legs. Um, But it was such an adventure because every time we would stop at a different place. So we didn't go into restaurants or hotels. I mean, there was no really money for that. But stopping at a different tree, (laughs) that's how simple it was, with a picnic area. And then the other time stopping along a river. It just made travel to the same place so very exciting. Because even on that same road, there was just different adventures every time. And I really appreciated that so much. And as I was growing up, I really enjoyed that um, that kind of adventure. And even though we didn't travel across the world, I mean, it's lovely to hear people say, we've been to that nation and to that country. I didn't have that, you know, up till, you know, in my 30s, really. And that same adventure and then being able to travel in South Africa and also just picking up the different cultures, the different um, people groups, the different accents of how the same language is spoken um, is so is so precious. And I just found it absolutely amazing. And I felt like this needs to be told and this needs to be given opportunity so that the rest of the world uh, should see this and know this. So I think childhood and just that that one holiday every year to the same place really inspired me. Of course, later in life, I worked at a travel company where I experienced a little bit more, but a very different side of of uh, traveling, and it was in the volunteering sector. And that really, I think that really um, pulled on my heart a lot. 
I have to say and be honest that my experience at the company wasn't wonderful because I felt they really exploited the local people. Um, the way that we did business um, was really heartbreaking to me. And being from, from communities that um, that just has very limited resources, that are, there's a lot of poverty, I just didn't feel right to me where I was at and working at the time that we treated people in the way that we did. And um, that opened up my eyes to this sector of the travel industry, to volunteering. And I think when I decided to start a Timber Travel, I felt like I had, it to, I had to combine what I know and what I've learned and what I am all about and where I've grown up and my experiences. I had to combine that to create something beautiful. And I do believe that it's something beautiful and something that I would love to share with people. Um, I know South Africa is known for beaches, for bush, for beautiful landscapes and so much more. But there is also an aspect which I felt was very, was missing. And that is the community aspect. And uh, I made it a point to include this. And so for me, Timber Travel is a combination of culture, community and conservation as well. And I don't want to take any of those three away from any of the experiences because sometimes we focus a lot on conservation and of course wildlife is a big thing in South Africa but there's no people aspect always to it and I've made a point to to include even if it's a little bit of community when it is conservation on a safari a little bit of culture but all of those three culture community and conservation needs to be part of your experience Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I, as you were talking about that and talking about how that really came from a place of your experiences and the things that you love and and how much you just wanted to share that with others, it reminded me um, of our conversation. We were talking about how women really lead from the heart and work from the heart, and that we're seeing more and more women who are able to integrate themselves into their business and not kind of compartmentalize that part of themselves and keep that out of their work. This has come up a lot with women on solo travel and this year, especially because I think when we're create, we're talking about women who are influencing change, I think they're doing it because they're acting from that space. So I would love to talk to you about, you know, what that means in your experience, but also what you've seen in communities when women are allowed to be able to lead from their heart. As you said, more and more you have women leading the industry now. Um, There's a lot to be done still, but I think as women we just, we think of more than just ourselves. Um, I wrote something some time ago about If you invest in a woman, you invest in a community. Um, I can say, even if I look at my mother, 
she she is a mother she is you know mother of four children yet my mother has so many more children because of what she has done in the community or who she is seeing in the community she loves to share she's very generous she gives so much even when she has very little and i grew up looking at this role model of sharing as much as she can with the very little that she has and it i think the industry has probably said to us we shouldn't bring our emotions and our feelings <laughs> into this industry but how could we not because this is who we are we don't think as you said we can't I think men do it wonderfully to compartment compartmentalize <laughs> if I say it right but our our brains are really you know it's it's differently and we think of this while we do this and we think of oh this will influence that and so it's it's just it's just normal for us to be doing things very much from the heart and very much from how will this impact others how can i impact it more positively how can i spread it bigger so that more is included i remember my mom would always um, our house will always there were always people coming to our house all the time knocking at the door even if it's asking for bread My mother would invite people in and I think as women we want to invite people in we want to make a feast for them and prepare something special I love how we 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 create things out of nothing mm. <laughs> sometimes my husband is like that's a problem <laughs> but we create special things out of very little and I think we can really live in this travel industry as ourselves um our authentic selves and not having to feel we need to cut out a few of the things in my life that doesn't you know it has no influence on what i work at so it's 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 so encouraging to see that more and more women are running their business as a woman would run a business mm-hmm. <laughs> truly in a womanly way. So I'm very encouraged to see it and yeah, I didn't I didn't see it doing it any other way because any other way would be difficult for me because I have to pretend sometimes or I have to imagine something that I am which I'm not. So it's very easy. It's easier for me to just flow and create something that that is really me. Mm-hmm. and i think women yeah we've got a powerful voice at the moment to to lead the way we want to lead yeah i think it is such a an amazing time and i know like if i look at my day or my week or my year or my past career and i see those moments where <clears throat> i was really resisting something or not doing something or just kind of finding that space where you just couldn't move forward it when i can look back i can realize it's because i was trying to show up in a way that wasn't authentic to myself 
and like mm-hmm. forcing myself into that space. And um, more and more now, like I, I'll start to feel that. And I can now say like, what, what, is, what don't you want to do? Why don't you want to do that? How could you do that in a way that feels more aligned with who you are or what else could you do that maybe creates the same impact or moves you forward, but in a different way. And I think all of those things are kind of like mm. you said, the, the, maybe the, the way a woman will think through that process or just like allowing myself to be a part of the experience instead of just trying to check things off of a list or do things according to a plan. And um, I think seeing more and more of my colleagues and community do that, it's really amazing then also to see the innovation or how that pulls other people into the experience. Because also if you realize maybe that's not the thing you do well, then it's such a great space to invite community in and say like, you know, this isn't my thing, but I notice you do it really well. Can we do this mm-hmm. together? And um, I think that also creates such a different energy around business, which then also brings in community into that space as well. Yeah, absolutely agree. I must say I've been recently part of the male allyship program where a couple of months I spent with a male ally in the industry learning such a lot but I have to say there's been many times of course where your perspective as a woman is just so different to a man's perspective and he said to me he has learned such a lot never did he think you know this is how we think especially obviously in the travel industry, this is how you think or how did you come to that point? And just that space that was created for a couple of months, learning so much about how women lead differently and not, as you said, feel limited and also frightened actually to express it in the way you want to express it. Because I think those barriers were there and it was set for us. And now it's, it's, yeah, it's just an opportunity for us to not shy away and to be positive and to be, I wouldn't, I would don't want to say forceful because I don't want, I don't see myself as a forceful person. I want to lead gently. <laughs> Sometimes you have to lead strong. Yes. But definitely I don't want to be forceful. Um, but I want to lead differently the way I lead. And there's so much space and opportunity for that. And more and more, our male allies are understanding this and appreciating this from us. So, yeah, it was quite a positive experience. Yeah. And I, I know there's a few um, programs that are really focused on that and creating the space for those conversations. And I think the other thing that's really interesting is, because every person has masculine energy and feminine energy, I think that also allows men to recognize where maybe they might want to be stepping into that space of leadership. And it's not been modeled for them either. And so when we have these exchanges, that gives them some freedom to kind of break out of a mold that has been created for them as leaders as well. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's really important to be able to to find a way to have that balance for both men and for women. Absolutely. And I remember my mentor once said to me, um, 
I was able to share with him about accommodation that I acquired for a certain package that I was working on. And I said to him, oh, it's so beautiful and it's wonderful. And uh, the supplier came back to me and said that I can use the accommodation. It's a beautiful place. And he said to me, how did you do that? How? Please tell me, how did you do that? And I said to him, I'm in relationship with the people. I just asked them and I've known this one for many years and that one just asked him and and you just emphasize relationship because that's important to us. And we are more likely to ask someone that we know and be in relationship with for something that we need. Um, and he he was quite amazed. And I just said, relationships are important. Um, it's important to nurture relationships. And I, I, I really do value relationships a lot. Um, being, you know, a community worker and being involved with youth and community for all these years, it's very precious to me to keep those relationships. It's important to me and I value those people, those individuals. And I honestly can tell you, Christine, when I started Hemba Trevor, I... 90% of the people I called on to make Timber Travel work are people that I've been in relationship with for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's none of my suppliers or people that is part of this I've just met in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. It's literally all the years of relationship. And so I could just draw from that and ask questions and they were more than willing. They just easily said yes. And I think that's how we we do life as women. We we really value our relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's always important to me as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the other part of that too is when you when you have that person you can ask to support you in creating your business, you also feel so good to be able to support them with your business. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so like it is helping you, but for some sometimes I forget that part because I'm so eager to just like I I really want to support them. And how can my business do that? Um, it, it just feels really, it feels really good. And it feels in alignment with who I am. I know that probably feels in alignment with who you are. And it, it becomes almost so natural that sometimes yes. it doesn't feel like business. And then I think we feel like maybe we got off course because <laughs> we're just yeah. doing this thing that feels normal and doesn't feel like business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I can relate with it. We feel like this, this should look differently this business meeting yet we chat and we laugh (laughs) because of the relationships and as you said you know you you want to um you want to support them in their businesses as well and what they do and I think with Timber Travel this this was the opportunity for me to actually, I thought about how can I combine what I love, what I've done, the skills that I've acquired, what I know. And I thought this is a way of also supporting their businesses or their organizations that they are part of. 
And I suppose that is how it shaped Timber Travel to be promoting volunteering holidays as well as leisure holidays and educational expeditions. But it was it was out of that um, relationships and experiences over the years that I could create this. And as you said, it didn't feel much like business. Mm-hmm. It's like let's just make this arrangement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, it's so amazing. Um, well, that I think really leads well into talking about community. I know you were when you were talking about um, when you were first working in the industry and the the experiences that were being created. You noticed that it felt like community wasn't receiving the the spotlight that it could in travel in the area. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about um, about that, about why that was so important and what what do those conversations look like for you? How do you bring community in when you're creating tourism and, and how do you have them become a part of that experience and engagement with travelers? As I said earlier on, I think South Africa is promoted in a few ways. Um, everyone will say to you, it's either Table Mountain, it's either the beaches, it's wildlife. And I was really looking for the human part <laughs> in that. And Table Mountain will stand there <laughs> for centuries to come. <laughs> and, you know, wildlife they do look after themselves and beaches are beautiful. And I really miss the human aspect. And like you say, the community aspect that what makes us so unique and so diverse and why is it, you know, the rainbow nation? Where's the colors, different colors and where's the communities? And I really wanted to emphasize this uh, in Timber Travel But focusing on community-focused tourism is long-term. I feel it's not something that, oh, let's create it now and have that complete package. Because communities grow and communities share different beliefs or practices, it is evolving a lot, but and it never stays the same. It's, it's, it never stays the same, and it changes over time. And the communities that I grew up in, I experienced that, a lot of change, a lot of joys, a lot of challenges, a lot of heartache as well, a lot of sadness, poverty. Um, not having enough. And for what South Africa is seen for and what really happens behind Table Mountain, I felt we needed to give a little bit of exposure to that. And so, as I said, with the relationships I had in many different communities, I had to sit with them and ask how could we how could we give a little bit more attention to what you are doing? Because you would find, Christine, that they would do amazing work. Nonprofit organizations do very hard work. And they extend their hearts and their hands 
to help so many more people, but they sometimes also struggle not having enough funds or not just not having enough. And we had to sit down and talk, how can we do this? How can we do it together? How can I create a platform? And as you mentioned before, it's not giving them a voice because I do believe they already have a voice. It's really just elevating that voice. It's really just making it a little bit louder. And I think the the privilege and the platform I have, I can use this to give a little bit more exposure to a lot of um, the people that I know, the people that are in the the travel industry, the tourism industry, a bed and breakfast owner, uh, a homestay woman that provides homestays. And it might not be the, you know, mainstream tourism, but I do feel it will create a real positive social impact and also economically. And that's where my heart is to really support those businesses so that they can become economically strong, that they are able not just to care for their own families, but as I said, care for communities. And I've many times thought of, no, just promote what you see and what you know. And definitely coming to stay in the UK There's a lot of that mainstream, the same things are offered. And I decided I'm I'm not going to do that. I, I will stay with why I'm doing it. And this is really to empower people in communities, to give exposure to those that are sometimes just not seen, to use those smaller operators um, from the community, um, you know, that we don't have somebody driving two hours away to promote something, yeah, but that I can actually, you know, let everything stay in that community, whether it's accommodation, whether it's transport, whether it's hospitality, so that, yeah, the it just stays in that community. It helps to impact the, the community in a positive way economically and Obviously, out of that, you know, more growth economically as well. And, yeah, that I had to sit down and talk and um, discuss and arrange. But, again, you know, drawing on relationships. And you, you'll find that I would be great friends with this one and then that one knows that one. <laughs> he introduces me to that one. So um, it all comes out of relationships. but. But I, I needed to make very sure what I was standing for and what I was promoted, what I want to promote, because mainstream doesn't say this or do this or promote this really. And I'm going to stick to my guns with that because I feel it will have a greater positive impact on our people. And I think I mentioned before how out of this, I saw how proud communities became of, wow, they could offer something. You know, as we were designing things, or I said, you know, why don't we include this? And they will have a bright idea. Why don't we, 
you know, maybe that's too long, maybe that's too far, and creating it, really co-creating these experiences was just so encouraging to them as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think it makes them proud of their community. It involves so many more of them to be creative and really, you know, innovative, really creative thinkers. And I love, I love that. I love that how we could co-create their community and their experiences and bring it into the forefront. And as I said, yes, I think I'll stick, I'll stick with that. I think it feels to me just a lot more of value to do that. Um, I can send you to Table Mountain. I can take you up there. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think I'll feel much more fulfilled, you know, taking you or sharing an experience with you that a community has designed and they gave their input and their voice is heard through it. Yeah. Um, I think when I reflect on my travel experiences, it's definitely those community, those moments of connection that are the things that I treasure the most. And yes, it's, it's nice to see these things that we have, you know, maybe been drawn to a country for because it's what's in the mainstream marketing. But when I, at the end of the day, that's not the thing I remember. The thing I remember is a powerful conversation with a, with a local driver or stopping at a roadside stand to grab fruit and then like meeting someone's children. And then like, they tell you about someone further down the road and then you end up going <laughs> there and you like those moments when that starts yeah. happening, that's what I think allows us to see the story of a destination. And it's not quickly piled into a van getting from one place to the next kind of like mm -hmm. going back to your childhood journey is if, you just start stopping and seeing what's around you and being present. Like that journey is the experience. And when you slow down and connect with people and begin to understand, you're going to have such a, a richer experience. And I also was thinking when you were talking about, you know, working with local community members and guides that are not driving from two hours away to come to lead a, a group. Also on the opposite of that, what would it feel like if I lived in that community and, and another guide arrived to tell my story? Like that doesn't feel okay either. And I hadn't really thought about that in that way before, but that would be disheartening to me as a member of that community to not be the one to get to share that story. And I think that there's yeah. probably something in there that, that we really need to think about as people that are curating travel experiences that us bringing someone else in kind of tells these communities that their voice isn't important. And that's not what we're trying to do. Like, I think mm. women like you and I, we really believe their voice is the most important thing and we want to cultivate that and we want them to to engage and, and tell that and be a part of the story and a part of the travel experience. Yes, and you pick up something important because when I came to live in the UK and saw how South Africa is 
you know, promoted and sold, I could not relate to many of it. And I felt, you know, they're promoting the South Africa that, you know, there's so much more. And how would I make people know there's so much more? And this encouraged me to to start Timber Travel and to share a little bit on the of the other side of the a different that you know travelers wouldn't necessarily see at first glance. And I think it encourages me even more and more to not be silent, to make known, to write about it, talk about it. It takes from me. I'm I'm really an introvert. <laughs> So it takes from me to say that the more, if if I want people to go for this different experience, I need to talk more about it. I need to write more about it because how else would they know? Because they've been, you know, exposed to maybe a certain way or specific things that they do see. So it takes it takes me to to speak about it, and so. You know, reverse-wise, it does encourage me also to keep on talking about it um, while I encourage them to keep on talking and, and, you know, elevating their voices and always wanting a great story from them and encouraging them to talk. At the same time, I also realise I need to, while I'm here, and the UK is South Africa's biggest tourism partner, really, um, while I'm here, I need to speak about it, give travelers maybe just a different, you know, different perspective or share a different experience with them. I'm actually just finalizing a, a food culture tour, Christine, and it's, it's, there's so many great foods in South Africa, but a lot of the food that's very well known are very connected with the culture. And so, it's it's just a tour of just bringing out why that food has become so you know important or how why does it represent a certain culture for instance i don't know if you know the colorful houses uh, in cape town um the area is called the burkarp and it has all these uh, colorful houses and it's really the one of the oldest communities in Cape Town, which is the Cape Malay people. And the Cape Malay people, obviously, a lot of slaves come from came from Malaysia, and so they were in the Cape area. And they obviously from Malaysia, and those uh, areas has brought all their spices. And they've created these curries and delicious meals and the Cape Malay in the Burkab area is known for their spicy foods and their just sweet treats and very specific kind of uh, cakes that they make and so we're combining this culture um, with the food and having travelers experience even how to make some of the food and then also taste it. But at the same time, it's not just a cooking class. We have a Cape Malay woman share about her story and um, why she 
why is this a favorite meal and what her heritage is. So it, it, it's just connected. It, it should be connected. The experience must be connected with the human aspect, with the, with the person. And that's important to me. It's not just something bland. It's something that is connected with the human being. Um, and even if we're going to combine food with culture, that's what we want to do. Yeah, um, I love that. And I think that is such a a great way to experience a place is through food, like you said, to understand where it came from, how it's grown, why that's a staple. Like you're eating a thing, but if you take the time to understand why you're eating the thing, all of a sudden you're learning so much about an area. And like, there's, there's so much hidden underneath everything that we don't necessarily take time to think about it. So I love those moments when we kind of get to sit still and, and, and hear a story and, also, then again, you're creating this space where I think um, the person who is sharing their story and preparing the food with you and telling their story, like they, that is a really beautiful exchange for them. And, and I mm-hmm. think that, that we're giving them the gift of our, our presence to their story and to, to really wanting to honor that and not just, you know, drive through and grab a meal and not know who prepared it for you or why it's significant. Like there's some Mm -hmm. level of respect to create the space to connect to what you are experiencing. Yeah. We, 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 uh, we create an audience for them, (laughs) you know, and that if you, if you have an audience, it's, it's quite special because Mm -hmm. you are, you are the main kind of character and we love sometimes to be the main character <laughs> so yeah it's important for me that we connect with travelers and i love how as a traveler you know you can sit there and you i i'm very curious so i i ask a lot of questions so it also gives you as a traveler an opportunity to ask questions, to find out so much more, um, you know, to what someone is saying and telling a story. You can ask. Sometimes you don't even, you didn't even come to ask questions. You came to eat the food, but you end up asking so many more questions. And that broadens your mind and your understanding of why things are done a certain way. So I think, as you said, it's a beautiful exchange um, where, you know, the host and the traveler learn so much about each other. Um, one of the, the moments that I remember most about my travels in many places is finding ourselves gathering around a campfire at the end of the day um, or in cooking a meal and preparing a meal. and. There's something about that space uh, that's universal about gathering and short storytelling and community. And um, uh, one thing that we talked about in our conversation prior to this is how 
photography and images kind of going back to where we started don't tell the full story it's better to have the words and the experience and just be present so I would love to to just talk a little bit about that about like that sacred space of gathering and being present and storytelling and and how that creates a longer lasting deeper impression of a destination and and of a community yeah, there's there's so much power in that. I think when you've done the major attractions during the day, but you are now able to sit down and just relax, you open up yourself to what else? <laughs> what else is there? And I find with especially sitting around a braai, a barbecue, um, in South Africa, listening to different stories, it just opens up people's hearts so much. They just have that space now to share when they, especially around a table of food sometimes, or around a fire. Um, I remember, I think my mentor was sharing with me a story about how he he was on a safari and they were sitting around a fire and I think it was his uncle, and his uncle said he should get away from the fire, and obviously they were in a game reserve, it was pitch dark. So his uncle said, get away from the fire, and then look up into the stars. Um, because sitting at a fire where there's light and looking up is a very different picture to stepping out of that moment in pure darkness and then looking up. You see much more clearer the stars. And I found that so fascinating. And I was saying to him, there's so many times we've sat around fires and we would have the most amazing conversations. But there is also that moment when you step out of that ring or out of that moment just on your own, and whether you look up or look right or left, um, there's something special in that as well. But around the fire, I must say, is a good place. It usually erupts in song <laughs> or it erupts in dance. <laughs> and that's what I love about our communities. It's never, it's never quiet. Um, there's always things happening. And, and with the things happening, it's, it's life happening, but it's in, in a very joyous way. Um, when you sit around communities, around fire, it's not always just you and them and, you know, a quiet moment. There's always a lot going on. Um, and it's and it's life. It's their lives going on. It's very hard to um, exclude our children um, at times. You know, sitting around a fire because it just brings us together. It's very hard to exclude our neighbors <laughs> when we do a fire because when there's a fire, it's almost an invitation <laughs> for the community. <laughs> and when there's food, oh my goodness, then. Oh, well, we all are coming. And I think that's just so special because it's not just that individualism 
it's that sense of community that's always, always going on. And I think, you know, travelers to South Africa should just, you know, have their quiet time when they're back <laughs> mm-hmm. to their home because it's not quiet. That's, of course, if you've obviously signed up for a retreat or something in the mountains, it's very different. But when you share it with the communities, it, it can be noisy and it can be busy, but in a good, good way, in a really soulful way, because you really get into that culture and get into those people's ways. And, oh, my goodness, the, the jokes and the the stories that are being told, um, incredible. And laughing, laughing will always be part um, when you are in a community. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite powerful. Yeah, thank you <laughs> so much. I, I just love how beautifully you are able to paint a picture of of the places that you love. And I think um, it, it really speaks to the power of understanding stories and, and the, the power of our words. And I just think that that is um, one of my, my most beautiful takeaways from this conversation. Um, before we wrap up, I would love for you to just share um, how people, if they are interested in experiencing South Africa in this way, how they can connect with you. And then we have a few rapid fire questions to end our conversation. Well, they are more than welcome to go on our website, www.tembatravel.com. I do have an Instagram page with more, you know, you can see the pictures. I made a point of putting the people on my Instagram, you know, feeds and my stories on Facebook. Um, It's about the people I always will showcase if it's my suppliers or if it's community heroes. They are there. The stories are there. The ways of how to engage with us are there. There are the pictures of Table Mountain always. There's the lovely beaches. There's the beautiful Protea. They are the wildlife, which we absolutely love because that's so part of our trips as well. But there's a lot of pictures of different kind of people. And, yeah, I'd love our listeners to to have a look at that, to give you a bit of a flavor of what we offer. And, yeah, any other way they can contact me, of course, as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Well, to end our conversation, I just have seven questions. So we'll move into those. Um, What are you reading right now? The role of culture. I am in the process of preparing a talk. So it's not necessarily a book. It's really articles that I'm reading at the moment because the end of November, I have the great honor to speak at the University of Surrey on the role of cultures and how that influences tourism. And so I want to highlight a lot of the stories that we talked about tonight and how powerful different cultures are and how it shapes um, a community. And yeah, it's just different articles at the moment. It's not one book. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, What is usually in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? 
there's definitely a camera, of course. There is, I have to say, there is this a Moringa sachet. <laughs> I have a wonderful friend that has created her small business to make Moringa tea. It's a it's a herb that is just so powerful um, and such good, um, you know, effects to your body. And so she has created this sachet of teas, of powders, and it. I I, I take a few of those packs because um, I'm not the greatest of eaters. I early mornings is just too early for me, and so when I throw this powder over my food or have this tea, it kind of revitalizes me. So I, and again, in a way, supporting my friend's business as well. So I definitely have a pack of that just because, as I said, I'm not the greatest of eaters and I sometimes forget to eat, but that will always be in there and definitely my camera because I need to just capture everything after I've experienced it mostly um because I don't want to miss the moment sometimes sometimes standing with the camera is not always so great but afterwards I would love to just capture the moments again yeah thank you um, I'm a very light traveler, Christine. So okay, that's good. I need to learn to be a lighter traveler. <laughs> um, to sojourn is to travel somewhere as if you live there. Where is one place that you would like to sojourn? Oh my goodness! I think probably. Malawi. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've over the last two years just met an incredible, wonderful guy that promotes Malawi and also very immersive experiences. And again, community focused and collaborating with communities to create these very special moments. And I would love to, I've said to him, I'd love to come to Malawi at some point. Mm, that's on my list of places I would really love to visit <laughs> as well. So um, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? A watermelon. <laughs> if I eat a watermelon, I'm transported back to South Africa, to Cape Town, to my home, to my people must be a watermelon um something that transport me to a different part of the world (sighs) ripe tomatoes the juicy tomatoes of spain (laughs) i must say you know just on the the countryside I think in in, in Spain, just have amazing fruits and vegetables as well. And the tomatoes are pretty good. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Who was a person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? I say my father. Um, And also with no fear. 
um, as I said, they made us, you know, go with them every year to the same place. And a very hot, hot place in South Africa, um, in the Karoo. So it was extremely hot. And we just went. And as I said, along the way, different experience to the same destination. And also without any fear. I think I have to say there were certain places we couldn't go just because of South Africa's history. But my father was fearless and uh, he was like, we can go <laughs> wherever we want to go, you know. So I have to say in my um, my grown-up life, there has been times where I would climb over a fence. <laughs> I remember now a couple of years ago, I climbed over a fence to just stand um, in the canola fields, the yellowest of yellowest canola fields on the very, um, the farmlands in South Africa. Now, if you know South Africa's history, I'm not allowed there. <laughs> and I just couldn't resist the yellow was just so attractive. And so I think my father just taught me, you just can go wherever you can go. <laughs> <laughs> so I have climbed a fence um, at times and I have gone into places that I knew that I wasn't really welcomed, but he just said, go for it. The worst that can happen is they kick you out. But at least you have gone in and seen. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. So I, yeah, I just, yeah, I want to, I just still do it. I'm very, even if I go into restaurants, Christine, I go to the bathroom because some of these restaurants in London are so amazing. <laughs> Going in their bathrooms just the most beautiful decoration so I'm very curious I'm a very curious traveler <laughs> yeah thank you I love that um if you could take an adventure with one person fictional or real alive or past who would it be I'd probably say with with Nelson Mandela um I've met him once or twice in my lifetime um Again, a fearless leader. And I would have loved to just go somewhere with him and just hear his perspectives on things because, you know, he, he says, he's got many quotes, you know, not to limit yourself, not to, um, how education is important. It's an important tool learn about other people, learn about people's culture so that you can understand them more and so that you can have more empathy. And I think I love that, but um, he was a very empathetic um, leader. He had a lot of heart. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I also have two of his quotes on sticky notes on my computer. So. Mm. With, mm. with me every day just and, yeah and it was very kind and also very peaceful and I think I like that yeah uh the last one is um the spaces for honoring women in this industry that have inspired us so who is one woman in the travel industry you admire and would love to recognize in this space 
Uh, that's an easy one. Um, I suppose Alessandra Alonsel, chairperson and CEO of Women in Travel, CIC. Maybe for the fact that three years ago when I started with all excitement and then COVID hit, she was there drawing women in and creating a space for them to be sharing about their challenges and their struggles. And it really meant such a lot to me. It was a safe space. We were all struggling. And uh, the support that she has created in those circles were really, really powerful to me. And if I think about that first year to this third year, I still now have opportunities that she created for me. And I'm really forever grateful for that. And I still see us going <laughs> places, I've said to her. Um, yeah, such a seasoned, intelligent, powerful um, Italian stallion. <laughs> yeah, she is incredible. Thank you so much for, for bringing her into our conversation. Um, and she has been a guest on the podcast. So people who are hearing her name, they might recall, or they can go back and listen to that conversation. But um, uh, I agree. She's so magical at creating circles of women and community and, and creating powerful conversations and supporting people to really chase after their visions and um, mm -hmm. definitely like her gift. So thank you. Um, and thank yeah. you so much for joining me. This has been such a beautiful conversation. You said you have such a gift for storytelling and you can feel your passion in your words. And I, I really treasure um, being able to share this time with you today. Wow. Thank you so much, Christina. It's such a pleasure. Every time I talk about Timber Travel, I just, it just excites me and it just also motivates me to, as I said, stay with why you are doing this. Stay true to that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that can distract us in the, on the way. I think if I'm, I stay grounded in the why I'm doing that and that is for communities and for women in the industry and to empower them. Um, it's just such a great motivation to live. I just enjoy it. Yeah, it comes through. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. 
You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Solo Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.